0: You are listening to the National University Podcast.
1: Hello, I'm Kimberly King. Welcome to the National University Podcast, where we offer a holistic approach to student support, well-being, and success, the whole human education. We put passion into practice by offering accessible, achievable, higher education to lifelong learners today we're discussing why it is important to establish a learning culture in the classroom and what is a desirable learning environment and according to the harvard business review it is not just one size fits all anymore every learner is unique with varied strengths experiences and challenges Every learner works at different contexts and thus requiring greater personalization to support meaningful learning and improvement. Today, we're going to hear some tips on establishing a learning culture. On today's episode, we're discussing how to establish a learning culture in the classroom. And today, we're joined by Dr. Wayne Padover, a professor of educational leadership at National University in San Diego. Dr. Padover has served as a school district superintendent for approximately 20 years in urban, suburban, and rural school districts in Northern California. His other positions included teaching from kindergarten through graduate school, including special education, as well as serving as an assistant principal, principal, and deputy superintendent for personnel, as well as curriculum and instruction. He served on the board of directors of the National School Foundation's Association and in addition, he was the president of the California Association of Professors of Education Administration, and currently serves on that board. We welcome you to the podcast, Dr. Pat Over. How are you?
2: Doing well. Nice to be here today, Kim.
1: Well, thank you for joining us. And why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to today's podcast?
2: For sure. Um, the the issue of uh, of teaching at the university as it relates to educational leadership and, and working with students um, who are just um, entering the, the educational leadership uh, profession is, uh, is really a driving force for me. Um, and yet, I feel as though I certainly needed to understand from on a firsthand basis what they were experiencing... And um, that was important for me to 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 be in each of the the seats, uh, teaching full-time elementary, middle school, high school, so a variety of, of subjects so that I understood what teachers were experiencing and what students needed to be learning and the culture in which they were working. And so that was essentially the teaching, the leadership and administration, and working in uh in three school districts, in as you mentioned, a variety of of uh, of areas of uh, urban and suburban and and um, and rural, to get to an understanding about how communities can work with students in schools and working with uh, with teachers. That's thus, the idea of working with uh, education foundations, which are are there to to support teachers and kids. And this idea of developing community to assist students, and that's been a major, uh, major thrust of of what I've done as a teacher and uh, administrator, and now teaching at the university to help administrators develop that kind of of organization that's inclusive, that is uh, able to address. All students across the continuum, and that's why I want to make sure that I that I worked in different kinds of locales because things are different in in different areas. So that's been the method to my madness, and uh, mm-hmm. and I love what I do. And uh, in terms of working with with students, uh, it's in master's students and doctoral students, and it's a very exciting place to be.
1: Well, thank you for all the work you are doing and have done in the past, and you can definitely see your passion. Today, we're talking about establishing a culture for learning. And so, Dr. Padover, why is it important to establish this learning culture in the classroom, especially today?
2: Learn, uh, learning culture is really based on on relationships. And I'll ask, uh, I'll ask you, Kim, and members of uh, who might be hearing these words, to think about when the most important learning that they've done is with people that they have relationships with. Might even been their parents, teachers, uh, coaches. It's always about uh, the relationship. By the same token, what I want to do and what we've done is to help administrators and teachers uh, develop those kind of, of environments where relationships are able to be built. So you we say, well, naturally. So how do you how do you do this? The one thing that, that that the research is very very clear about is all wonderful successful organizations have a single aspect to them based on the issues of relationships, and that's been what's referred to as psychological safety. It sounds like a, a, an academic term. It's sort of what it's really talking about is the ability to any anybody in that organization, from the person who um, is working in, in any aspect, classified, certificated, parents in the community, students, that they feel as though they can ask anybody in the organization, any question that they might have, and for them not to be made to uh, to feel foolish or uh, that that's a question that's silly to be asked or any of that. And, and, and the classic story about this is, again, it's not only education, it's, um, it, it runs in any organization, that people need to feel as though they can ask a question and that they're a part of the team in terms of building that, that organization. So the story goes like this. A person, uh, uh, nurses, is in the um, operating room and being the structure that they feel in a medical profession, that nobody questions the doctor. And Mm -hmm. of course, the classic story, uh, surgery was done on the wrong leg, when in fact, another person, uh, the the nurses, uh, other people in the operating room, knew that that was the wrong thing to be doing and didn't feel that they had the personal freedom That psychological safety, to be able to to uh, ask the question, is that the right? Are we sure that that's the right leg to be operating on? It's not. It's not an isolated situation. The Challenger catastrophe that happened in nineteen eighty six, same issue about uh, there was question about uh, about the famous O ring or infamous O rings. People in the in that um, uh, project had question about that, didn't raise the question because they did not feel that they could, that they would be dealt with in a way that would be appropriate, that they would not be castigated, that they would not be looked down upon. And so what we're talking about is in, in organizations, when, when leaders, particularly leaders, are people that are approachable, that are that are developing inclusive kind of organizations where everybody is seen as having a part, a stake in the success of the of the project or school uh, services. That's what you want, and uh, and it's modeled by the uh, by the leader, school district superintendent, the principal, whomever. Uh, that in fact it's okay to be making mistakes as long as you learn from them and trying to make sure that you're not repeating them and that that's discussed. And so what I'm describing is a very different kind of orientation of people working with people in a way that is what's been called in in research terms, learning organizations. And it is just that notion that we understand what's working, what's not. Interestingly enough, we've talked about medical field, Obviously, education, we've talked about military. Sports has the same kind of of environment that they are uh, trying to put together. Uh, the legendary coach, uh, John Wooden from UCLA Basketball Days, describes this in his Pyramid of Success. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, recently retired uh, legendary basketball coach at Duke, uh, talks about the same kind of notion uh, in his uh, masterclasses that he provides uh, these days. It's not exclusive to any particular organization. It really runs the gamut. It's about relationships. It's about being open. It's about making sure that, that we're learning from our experiences here. And that's the kind of environment uh, that we want we want to put together.
1: Well, and I, we all love John Wooden, and that pyramid of success really is a staple for so many um, education business. You know, and when we implement that, what what's a desirable learning culture in a classroom today? I know we discussed, you know, being open and having those relationships. Um, is there is there a certain uh, I don't know? I guess uh, um, that learning culture that desired, that people are moving through now, especially in this era.
2: Yeah. Kim, there's a historical base on this as it relates to education, particularly in in America. Um, It used to be that that, uh, teachers would go into their classrooms and close the doors and that would be, they would be, them by themselves working with, with students. Doesn't, that's not what, what school cultures that we, we try to help bring about, uh, are like these days. What well, we want teachers to be able to help have relationships with other teachers and administration for them to be saying, I notice a teacher saying to another teacher, I notice that your students are doing very well in this particular academic area. What are you doing? that is probably different than what i'm doing now that sounds very sim- simplistic in the sense that two people talking with one another at the same time if in fact there are there are not there's not a relationship between those teachers and a an environment a culture that that allows for that to occur and really encourages that kind of relationship to occur those kind of conversations are not going to happen. But if, but when we have people working in teams of sorts and that they can talk about uh, their specialty in one area and pairing that with a specialty in another and that, that we're not talking about a jealousy here that, uh, that one, one teacher is being uh, touted in a way that is detrimental to the uh, reputation of another, Is a very different kind of environment, and that's what we're asking principals to put together, uh, and then uh, teachers, again, put that together in their own classrooms in the same way. It's students working together just as teachers are working together, and that's what we're trying to build.
1: Great. How does the learning culture influence student learning and personal growth for students?
2: the the part that that uh, that when we're, we're talking about here is an aspect of of personal growth and it's not only personal growth on the part of the students it's also personal growth on the part of teachers administrators uh, even parents and in the sense that what what we're talking about is people relating to one another in very clear ways and listening to one another as to what their expressed needs happen to be and for them to be able to say to one another in very clear terms and to feel that that support and that that back to that notion of psychological safety feeling that trust among other people that, in fact, they can say what they need to say, which includes, I'm not able to do X right now. Uh, let me get to that another time. There's a whole different level of relationship and, and ability to hear one another, and we're asking that for teachers to model it, uh, for them to say to students, I can do this right now. I'm not able to hear you because I'm dealing with all of these other aspects right now. And for the relationship, to allow for that to be understood, that there's caring and that there's trust. That's a, and, and by the same token, that happens in terms of relationships with teachers and parents. As long as a, a, a parent understands that that teacher has every uh, the positive intent and is working uh, the best way that they can. And also, they need to be respected as professionals that they have a life outside of Uh, of the school. And that needs to be respected as well. By the same token, administrators are modeling that for their teachers and their other administrators, that in fact, they need to be recognizing there is this thing called self-care that needs to happen. And it needs to be respected. And folks have Lives outside of their professional life, and what we and what we notice, of course, is that teachers that we lose so many teachers within five years after they start the profession, and and the and the issue about the number one reason that they talk about about um, why they're leaving is lack of administrative support, and mm. that's on us as as leaders and so we ha- we hammer that very uh, very strongly that in fact that's the perception therefore that's reality for those teachers we can't afford to be losing teachers administrators who got into this profession uh, wanting to help kids and that's all we ask for uh, the rest that is on us to be supporting them and providing ways that that we can make this a positive experience for them as they are trying to make it a positive experience for their students.
1: And that's it's, true. I it's, mean, it it's
2: reflects. I'm sorry, Kim, say it again. Please. No, I
1: was just going to say that reflects in the classroom, you know, if somebody's not happy and it goes, you know, across the board in families, in business, in uh, education as well. How does the learning culture in a classroom motivate and accelerate the learning and produ- productivity emanating from the classroom?
2: have to remember that what we're talking about is providing students with opportunities to grow and develop in ways that they have particular interest as well. We're making certain that they have the basic tools that they need as it relates to researching. But what kids can do these days with the internet and the research that's out there and the availability of experts being brought to the to the classroom uh, just by the flick of a switch and that experts being brought into a classroom from throughout the world there's no excuse for what we cannot what we can do so what we ask is is having students deal with real issues and so we've had students uh, in elementary school talk about issues in the pl- on the playground and for kids to to interview other students and talk about what is it that's missing as it relates to that environment in our uh, on the playground that um, that would work better and and then to bring that into a classroom situation, very real terms of what kids can do, doing things that are similar to uh, what they see on uh, the nightly news, mm-hmm. and just making this very much uh, adult-oriented, real research, and you can do that in elementary school, middle school, high school. And that's what kids are. They are much more sophisticated than they had been previously, and we need to match that, and we need to feed that. And we can do that pretty pretty, uh, effectively these days.
1: The world has uh, moved a lot quicker now that we have internet and cell phones and everything. And yeah, these kids get them their hands on it at a lot earlier age. Uh, next question. Why is sound leadership critical to the success of a successful classroom or organizational experience?
2: There's a, a saying, of course, that's age old, that um, change begins at the top. And, uh, and there that, that really is that. There's a notion of what kind of leadership that we want uh, in a school district, in a school. And we want to make sure that we involve uh, the people who are going to be working in that organization as part of the selection process. I'm not talking about taking away any authority from school, di- school district uh, boards of education, uh, but we are talking about making absolutely certain that they get input from all aspects of their organization, from parents, from students, from teachers, from classified, and from alumni, people who've been through that system, so that they understand this really is an organization that is so important to the community, and and we know the power that, that, that leadership uh, provides. It's modeled behavior. So what we want to make certain is, those difficult questions uh, that may come from other aspects of a community that school board members may not be thinking about, that that's brought to the fore as well. Good example, education foundations are 501C3, um, IRS 501C3, charitable organizations, non-political, and fundraising. And so those are groups in uh, in communities that bring together whole varieties of people that are uh, in the community. Uh, they may be people who do not have students in the schools any longer but have uh, had students in the schools, have a relationship with the teachers' administration and feel very good about it. And so what we want to do is to include their input into who that next superintendent is going to be or who that next principal is going to be. Because they have, they have a stake, they have history uh, within that organization, and they have perspective that other folks don't necessarily have. So we want to be able to use this, bringing people together um, and making certain that that leader, he or she would be recognizing and appreciating the history and the culture that's there and has been there.
1: That makes sense, and I like that. Everybody does have a stake in that, and um, it's great. This is great information, very interesting, Dr. Padover. We have to take a quick break, so stay with us more in just a moment. Don't go away. And now back to our interview with Dr. Wayne Padover, and today we're discussing how to establish a culture for learning in the classroom. And so, Dr. Padover, it's been very interesting.
0: And now a National University tip on getting started. For me personally, I knew I wanted to pursue a, a, an education due to what I wanted to do in, in life. But if I had to look back at somebody in my same position, I would tell them, for one, get rid of every reason why you can't go to school. Just deciding and then committing to it, the first place to start is, what do you enjoy? What do you care about? And if there's a degree that you, know, you can translate that into, then let's go after that. If you're unsure, talk to somebody who's currently in school, If you're serving with somebody who's going to school, talk to them about it and what their experience is like. The thing is, I truly believe as far as the general education, it's a perfect time to develop an understanding of what you want to do. It helps you figure out what you want to do. There's always going to be room to adjust, to make changes. And so looking at anybody who was sitting in my position and they're thinking about going to school, I would tell them, go down to that college office. They can guide you and and help you figure out what it is or ways that you can make it happen.
1: Interesting. We've seen so many changes in this uh, world we live in now and why is the establishment of culture, a trust uh, of cu- culture of trust, it's critical to the productivity of a learning environment like a classroom.
2: The component of of trust as it relates to learning and education is the basis of communication. And and this goes back to cavemen and cavewomen communicating with just the notion of on seeing one another there was initial distrust and then the notion of just putting up their hand um, and showing that they had no weapons. That was an aspect of saying I can be trusted. So relationships, communication starts with foundation of trust. And uh, we tend to forget that. We have changes that happen all the time in school organizations with different administration, uh, as an example. And we know that with changes of administration, on one hand, it's seen as, oh, isn't this wonderful that we have this new opportunity? And on the other hand, there's also recognition that, in fact, this is going to be a disruption of the organization. So what we try to make sure that our administrators understand is that the critical process of changing from one administration to another, uh, that's often done without understanding of the importance and the possibilities. As an example, it's the idea of recognizing. What ha- the good things that that have been done previously in the organization, when a new uh, leader comes on, that needs to happen. Otherwise, what we're talking about is just a revolving door of administrators coming and going, without the respect for what has been done and building on that, as opposed to ignoring it. And and we understand how that happens. We have politics uh, involved with changes. And every school board member comes on school board um, with a a mandate that means there needs to be change. Granted, it does need to be change. Uh, But it needs to be done in a strategic kind of way, in a thoughtful way, in a way that utilizes people uh, and their talents that have been there and will be there in the future. And so it's investing in people and not just being caught up in change what almost feels like for change's sake. kids, Our kids can't afford that um, because it's a major disruption to their education when there is that kind of leadership change. So we need to be thoughtful about that, how that happens, and making sure that there's an assessment of what is happening, what's happening that's effective, and how can we build on that.
1: I like that. That's true. Trust is so key, Doctor. How is failure an important component of a successful classroom operation?
2: You know, Kim, failure has uh, has poor public relations. Is the that term, uh, in the sense that we need to legitimize failure is uh, about learning. Uh, the, you know, the classic story is uh, Thomas Edison. A thousand ways that uh, that he said. Prior to inventing the light bulb, he knows a thousand ways of not inventing the light bulb with a recognition that if you wait long enough and you're working in in a prescribed strategic kind of way, that you will reach the goal. And just to recognize that that's part of the process. Interesting thing that we also notice from a biochemical perspective with this idea of failure. You talk about the word And what that engenders, for you, for me, for anybody in our audience, there's a negative. There's a a thinking about all the times that, uh, or many of the times that, uh, that we were unsuccessful. It tends to have us think less creatively. It has us thinking in ways that we choose to risk less. And, and being much more conservative than we ought to be when we're in research mode. And so that's just the term failure, what that connotes to us in a biochemical uh, way. So what we wanna do is, is to change that around to the point that, that students recognize that part of the learning is not being successful and they can expect it and there's an opportunity to learn and that they will learn, and that as they continue on and um, uh, making the adjustments, we all know whether it's learning an instrument or hitting a baseball or whatever it is, uh, it's about constant repetition and, and practicing in the right ways for us to be successful. And that's what we're asking students to do, and not to, and not to get caught up into that I can't, I won't, I never can. And all of those limiting and delimiting kinds of emotions that are are brought about. And so we want to be much more sophisticated uh, about how we look at that term failure.
1: I like it. And I love your Thomas Edison quote, by the way, and just how success is failing, right? We need to get there and everybody's human. Uh, why are team building activities an important part of the development of a learning culture in the classroom or another organization?
2: You know, part of the issue um, um, that that we're always dealing with, you know, in the world, uh, peace coming together, you know, we like to think that when people know, get to know one another, uh, they find that they have many more commonalities than they have that are things that are disparate about who they are as human beings. It's not very it's not very different as it relates to students and teachers and people who work in schools. And if we can come up with with ways of bringing people together, uh, and and once again, it starts with model behavior, from leadership. They've got to be able to to legitimize people coming together and talking. To one another, so one of the things that we like to do, uh, as it relates to, and that we teach leaders, is uh, as they they deal with meetings, and and we talk about coming up with ground rules of what we call norms, meeting norms, and and we ask them uh, to make those, uh, put those those norms into effect, and what that does is it brings people together, talking about commonalities so norms might be you know assume everybody's positive intention that anticipate that that anybody may be called upon at any particular time but and at the same time if you choose to say i pass that's what happens we move on to somebody else so again so making certain that we're not putting people in awkward positions where they will feel frightened and intimidated But they will get to know one another and will ask questions like, and these are in previous times it used it had been uh, referred to as icebreakers. Now we talk about as team building uh, terminology. So it be it would be something as as open as tell us something about you, share with us briefly something about you that most people don't know about you. So again, people can pick the the level of. Openness that they would choose to, to decide. But somebody will pick something to say, and what that does is it breaks down the barriers and it, it builds the teams in ways that would not normally happen. So every time that we get together, and I, mean, with few exceptions, there's something that people will come up with, and they've brought they've come up with their own ideas at this point uh, with uh, just. On a 1 to 10 scale, what's your energy level today? And then do that at the beginning of the meeting and at the end of the meeting and just let's note the difference, that kind of thing. But what it does is it, it gives people an opportunity to talk with one another, to share in meaningful kinds of ways that are real and as personal as they want it to be.
1: And I think that's a really good point. I think that's the our the culture of storytelling too, in a, in a way. And people tend to remember those personal little tidbits, or as you say, the icebreakers, team building part of that. So I, I love that. What what role do social activities play to enhance the learning culture in classrooms and other organizations?
2: This notion of of the social activities, what we want to do is to have the group experience one another in a variety of settings. So breaking bread, uh, bring food into a situation. May, it may seem like, you know, kind of an innocuous situation, not true. And and uh, we talked with our, with our uh, administrators, find those times as you're working with a board to bring the board together so that they are breaking bread. And it has such terrific symbolism for just people it's food, it's nourishment. It's doing that together. It's talking about whatever they choose to talk about. You know, this concept of saying, oh, let's not talk shop. We never do we, we don't do that kind of thing in the sense that because it makes it seem as though the 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 work part of of what they uh, are about is is divorced from uh, the personal part. And as we know, uh, if we're into, what it is that we're doing in our profession, there's an amalgamation, uh, there's a, a joining. And then we teach other ways of making sure that uh, in that self-care kind of theme, that they are doing things that provide them opportunities to replenish their energy, both personally and professionally. But who they are, and and we want them to be excited about the good work that they're doing with schools and kids, and I mean this is a major contribution to uh, to this world. And um, why would we want to kind of put that off in a, in a any kind of negative connotation? It's not what should happen.
1: Very good. Uh, last question: How does appropriate management leadership ensure the likelihood that students and employees will experience? a high degree of job satisfaction, self-renewal, and physical health, and that they're permitted to experience a standard of amount of hours dedicated to the successful uh, fulfillment of the intended local government.
2: For sure. And so when we think about this, uh, um, when when we're hiring um, for a a school or school district, the message that, that we want to be giving to those employees is, the people in this in this community are entrusting us to help raise their kids, who are that's their legacy, that's their love, that's their passion, that's the, the some of the highest caring levels that they have as being human as human beings in this world. And they're saying to us that we want to and share. We trust you to share in helping develop those people i don't know that, that that there's a better compliment that one person could give to another than to say uh, i want you involved in the raising of my children and so that's the message that that we pri- try to make sure that that our employees have and 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 not only with that uh, with that privilege goes responsibility and the responsibility of making that work and being dedicated and recognizing that as professionals, they are going to continue to grow and develop. And so that they have more to give uh, these children, these students, this organization, and this country. And so what we're saying to them is that we also want to be involved in your lives as employees, such that we care about you we care about your families we're here for you we recognize that that part of who you are is who you're developing and we are and we're committed with resources with caring both financial and uh, and interpersonal uh, relationships we care about those those people and we want to be held accountable for uh, what we provide you, that we know you're providing uh, our children. So it's a larger picture than just the idea of you're. we are hiring you. We're hiring you with a mission. We're hiring you with purpose uh, and to fulfill your purpose. And we want you to be here for as long as you want to be here.
1: I love that. It's, it's such a, a higher uh, you know thought process there. These are future leaders and a future legacy. So I see the full picture here. And when you It's more than just hiring them for a temporary, it's for the future. This has been such a great conversation today, doctor. Thank you so much for your time. And if you want more information, you can visit National University's website, nu.edu. And we look forward to your next visit. Thank you so much.
2: My pleasure. Thank you all.
1: You've been listening to the National University Podcast. For updates on future or past guests, visit us at nu.edu. You can also follow us on social media. Thanks for listening.